In the lead-up to the next World Health Assembly in Geneva at the end of May and the UN high-level meeting on universal health coverage in September this year, FDI World Dental Federation recently convened a roundtable, hosting some 20 delegates to review existing evidence on the challenges to universal access to oral care. Participants discussed what constitutes appropriate access and reviewed replicable best practices for expanding access, including for underserved populations. These discussions will inform an advocacy white paper, an evidence-based practical guide on which steps to take to improve access to oral care. Hello everyone, I'm Tony Johnston, journalist, your host on today's episode of the Dental Checkup Podcast, and I caught up with three of the delegates on the sidelines of the roundtable, titled Ensuring Oral Care for All Through Primary Healthcare. This is the Dental Checkup Podcast, where we put the spotlight on dentistry and health, conversations, interviews, and debates on hot topics in oral health with prominent voices from around the globe. The Dental Checkup Podcast, available on all streaming platforms, and proudly brought to you by FDI World Dental Federation. Hello, everyone. My name is Manu Mathur. I am a professor of dental public health at Queen Mary University of London. I also hold a dual appointment as Head of Health Policy at Public Health Foundation of India, New Delhi. Delighted that I have been invited and uh, hopefully I can contribute to the Access to Care Roundtable today and uh, convey some messages which might be of help later on. Hello everyone, my name is Grace Dubois, Senior Policy and Advocacy Manager with NCD Alliance based in Geneva, Switzerland. It's a pleasure to be with you all today and a great honour to be joining this conversation on the podcast. I'm Dr. Irving McKenzie from Jamaica, the Chief Smile Builder. I'm actually the Chief Dental Officer for Jamaica, and I have a passion for prevention. And I'm so happy to be here in Geneva, Switzerland, to be part of the FDI Roundtable Talk on Access to Oral Health. Dr. Grace Dubois, Dr. Irving McKenzie, and Professor Manu Mathur, a very warm welcome to the Dental Checkup Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. So with dental colleagues coming from all over the world, I'm sure it's a a great pleasure to come together in person, to meet at a roundtable like this, share experiences, exchange knowledge, and discuss important issues relevant to oral healthcare access. That's correct. Well, I have a passion for prevention. And if we appropriately apply those issues, we can prevent a ton load of diseases. Thank you, Irving. How do you define appropriate access to oral care and why is it important? Grace? Oral health is very much a part of health for the individual as a whole. So I'm very keen to be thinking about how oral health links with other non-communicable diseases. Oral health is a risk factor for other non-communicable diseases. Many people live with one or multiple conditions at the same time, and oral health shares a lot of risk factors with other diseases. There's many opportunities to be advancing access to care as a whole this year with universal health coverage high-level meeting coming up in September. So there's lots of opportunities for us to be discussing access at the global level. And Dr. Irving McKenzie, why is all of this important Very important because oral health is essential health. And therefore, following the WHO leaning on the whole aspect of universal health coverage, oral health should be available at the quality it will be desirable to those in need, whenever in need, and at the appropriate level. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to inequalities, inequities in accessing 
dental care. And speaking from the perspective of your individual areas of expertise, Manu, we'll come to you. Well, there are many, but just to encapsulate a few, uh, I think we are still working in silos. So oral health as a profession, we work in a silo. We are still not integrated into the broader health system. That's one of the major problems. Uh, There are irregular payment systems for oral care. Uh, So you have got comprehensive insurance plan for various other diseases, but for oral health, it is completely non-existent. The other thing is diversification of workforce. Now, when we talk about comprehensive primary care, which is very important for access to oral health care, we do not have the requisite workforce which can actually work at a primary health care level and deliver the right kind of preventive, promotive, rehabilitative services. So challenges are many, but I think to encapsulate, I think these are the three major challenges which we face these days. Grace, biggest challenges for you once again from the NCD Alliance perspective? We're seeing that about one in two countries, so half of countries, do not have any spending targets that are linked to universal health coverage. And over 2017 to 2019, we haven't seen any increase in spending in primary health care that Manu has brought up is so important to achieving care for all. And Irving, some of those challenges you could relate to as well in, in Jamaica? And in the Caribbean and all. From my perspective, we need to see care in a sustainable way. Just as the Sustainable Development Goals have, have pro- properly framed it, oral health is essential healthcare services. Prevention actually is the way to go. As we know, what is happening globally is that there's a tendency to defer preventative care in favor of processes that are more end-stage disease-oriented. And this is where most of the financing is actually at. So if we could spend more time promoting, preventing, from a sustainable development perspective, we will be able not only to solve a lot of the oral health problems, but also many of the non-communicable diseases issues. Promotion and prevention from a sustainable healthcare perspective. You're listening to the Dental Checkup Podcast. My guests, Dr. Irving McKenzie, Dr. Grace Dubois, and Professor Manu Matur on access to appropriate oral care. In mind of those challenges, and I'm sure there are many more, what would you say are the most essential oral health services and especially in low resource and underserved settings? Grace. I think I'm going to see if we can zone out here and realise that 85% of people who die prematurely from non-communicable diseases actually live in low and middle income countries. So for me, looking forward this year, I see there's big opportunities for the oral health community to be making sure that oral health care needs are, are within the political declaration that governments are going to be discussing on universal health coverage in September in New York. There's um, great strides to be made and great impact that can be achieved. Grace, you've used the the word opportunities a number of times on the podcast uh, today. Can I, just before we continue with those most essential oral healthcare services, where do you see the the greatest opportunities right now? Obviously, there's a bit of momentum in terms of the awareness around the importance of oral health and good oral health and how that's connected back to our general health. Where are those opportunities, do you think? I see there's an opportunity in forming alliances amongst disease communities, so oral health community with other NCD communities. I see there's opportunities in calling and raising the voices of people living with oral disease within these global discussions to make sure that their voices are heard and their needs are met. 
And Manu, we'll, we'll come back to most essential oral health care services. You have experience in numerous parts of the world and, and at many levels of the profession. What are the most essential uh, services? Uh, so, Tony, there is no direct answer to your question. And uh, there is a layered approach which we are advocating these days. When we talk about essential oral healthcare services, what we say is that it has to be content sensitive and context specific. So it varies from country to country and region to region and health system to health system. So it might uh, be a separate requirement for Jamaica. It might be different for European countries. It might be different for South Asia. But what we are advocating is a layered approach to achieve essential oral healthcare services. We are living in a resource-constrained environment. Everyone is fighting for resources. So we cannot go for a utopian kind of uh, a package of oral healthcare services. So the point is to start with providing emergency oral healthcare services. Once we have taken care of the emergency oral healthcare services, we should develop a basic package of oral healthcare services, which focuses, as Dr. McKenzie was pointing out, on promotion and prevention. Then once we have achieved that, we come to the outer layer of essential health services. And then we come to the best buys or we come to an overall package. I think if we approach the problem sequentially, and if we try to have this layered approach in the mind while preparing these oral health packages, we will achieve the agenda as Dr. Grace was pointing out about universal health coverage. And I think we'll have a strong blueprint to work towards Vision 2030. Dr. Irving McKenzie, I can see you nodding your head in, in agreement there. Just before we come to you to, to speak more about essential oral healthcare services, Manny, you talk about this layered approach. I asked Grace the question about opportunities right now in amongst all of these challenges. Where, where do you see the opportunities in taking that layered approach that you speak about? Okay, Tony, you started the podcast within your introduction saying that this is a watershed moment for oral health. Never before we have seen such a kind of traction for oral conditions globally. So we started with the Vision 2030 report. We went on to the WHO Executive Board uh, resolution. Now we have the action plan. Two things which come out of all these documents, you take any of these global document, are universal health coverage and the other thing is integration. It cannot happen until and unless we integrate. So it is very important as Dr. Grace was pointing out that we learn from other non-communicable disease program. We integrate with other non-communicable disease as well as infectious disease program, you know. Like, for example, in low, mid, low and middle income countries, I think the infectious disease program, maternal and child health programs are much, much more developed and advanced. So, you know, integrating with these programs so that there is not another vertical program which has been, you know, given to a resource constrained health system. I think that is the only way to move forward. And that is what is the ethos of all these global documents. So opportunities are many. We have to identify what kind of integration we are working towards. And we'll have to make that a subject of another, another podcast <laughs> some, sometime. Irving, we'll come to you. Challenges and opportunities as we zoom out and, and look at all of this, and with reference also to low resource and underserved settings. Well, if I use the Caribbean per se, we're in what we call an epidemiological transition. We not only have problems with chronic non-communicable diseases, Communicable diseases still exist in most parts of the world. Sustainability is the way to go. 
Professor Manumator alluded to the whole aspect of addressing issues such as emergency care, which is very, very critical. So we have to look at emergency care. We have to look at preventive care. So what you're looking at in total is how can we, with the, given the resource constraint, focus on sustainability? As dental surgeons, we don't treat teeth, we treat people. People come with all different problems. So as Manu had mentioned early on, we don't look at thinking in silo. We have to see the whole being, the whole system, and a sustainable approach to working towards health has to be engendered at all levels of the society. And I'm happy that WHO is leading the way, driven with FDI standing firm as a voice of ensuring that dentistry is part of this agenda. Because at the end of the day, it's about the people the society and the countries that we serve. All excellent points there, Irving, and, and thank you for sharing that. You're here at the roundtable with some 20 of your colleagues from around the world. You're going to be presenting based on your individual areas of focus and, and indeed expertise. What will you be presenting to the roundtable, ensuring oral health care for all through primary health care? Dr. Grace Dubois, the importance of alliances in achieving oral health for all. What will you be sharing with your colleagues? We've heard in the discussion today, this is all about people. And so I think at the centre of alliances, we need to remember people, people living with oral disease. And that will be my main message, really calling for us to be engaging people living with oral disease, people living with non-communicable diseases in these global health discussions, in national discussions, to make sure that we have impact. Grace, how do, how do we build these alliances? How do we bring people together such that they're working cooperatively towards these these goals. NCD Alliance recently published uh, um, an agenda to include people living with NCDs that was bringing together the voices of 500 people living with NCDs across 50 countries five regions, and we've seen the impact of that. That work's now being taken on by WHO, who is drafting a framework for the meaningful engagement of people living with NCDs. We see governments such as Rwanda, Malawi, taking this work on themselves in country, engaging people living with NCDs within their NCD development processes um, on policy. And we also see this coming through at the heads of state level. There's an NCD compact where heads of state, particularly from small island development states, are coming together in UN. And one of their five key goals up to 2030 is to engage the people living with NCDs, including people living with oral disease within these global processes to achieve universal health coverage for all. Grace, what's, what's working for you right now? Where are you making progress? Where has there been some breakthrough that allows you to achieve this greater degree of, of being aligned and working together? It comes from valuing everyone's perspective. It comes from listening first, being aware what our key messages are, and then acting on them. We've recently consulted the NCD Alliance Network to come up with four advocacy priorities for the upcoming Universal Health Coverage high-level meeting in September. And we were pleased to hear back in January of this year, member states calling for those advocacy priorities, so to invest in non-communicable diseases to accelerate implementation of these policies at the country level, 
to align global health priorities and to engage people living with NCDs in this process. So we really see if we, if we move together, we are more likely to achieve that for the 710 million people left to um, provide universal health coverage in the lead up to 2030. What do you hope this roundtable will achieve? Alignment. <laughs> and if there's one person who's going to be promoting that uh, that possibility, I'm sure Grace will be will be flying the flag. That's that's for sure. Professor Manu Matur, if we can come to you, uh, the role of oral health professionals as advocates for primary health care. What will you be sharing with the roundtable in your presentation? My topic is a bit tricky: the role of oral health professionals uh, in primary health care. What I would be sharing is that uh, like oral health, primary healthcare is also a, not a new concept. We have been trying and testing different versions of primary healthcare for the past five decades. And somehow oral health has been often ignored when we talk about primary healthcare. So uh, in 2021, eight experts from all over the world, we sat together and we wrote the Vision 2030 document for FDI. And we provided 10 essential competencies which are required in order to build oral health profession or the next generation of oral health professionals to be strong advocates for primary health care and universal health coverage. So I'll be stressing on those 10 points. Apart from this, I would also be presenting what are the current challenges, uh, you know, for integration of oral health into primary health care and how best we can, you know, circumvent these challenges and move oral health for better integration into primary health care. And what do you hope the roundtable will achieve, Manu? Uh, consensus, as Dr. Grace was pointing out, uh, I would say it is very important within the fraternity first to reach a consensus on what exactly we want to advocate. As I said, we need to be very clear what kind of integration we are talking about. Uh, how are we going to learn from other health systems or from other disease condition? And it's really heartening to see Dr. Grace here who can you know, share uh, the experience from NCD Alliance. How can we work around the problems of limited resources health systems? And we have Dr. McKinsey with us uh, who will be talking about. I think it is very important to reach a consensus. Building up to the May uh, high-level meeting, uh, WHO high-level meeting, it is very important that a unified voice is provided through FDI so that some concrete actions can be taken and we have a clear blueprint to move forward. And Dr. Irving McKenzie, incorporating oral health into general health care, widely acknowledged that most oral health conditions are largely preventable and can be treated in their early stages. Additionally, that oral health is essential to overall health, what role, Irving, do national dental associations and governments play in advocating for inclusion in universal health coverage uh, programs? First and foremost, it is very important for us to realise that oral health is not dichotomous to general health and well-being. And too often it is seen as separate it is important, therefore, for National Dental Association to bring that message to bear that oral health is not separate from general health. It is an essential component to general health and well-being. You cannot have good general health without good oral health. Simple message. And speaking of chronic non-communicable diseases, our teeth are sentinels of what can happen later on. 
you know, because of the low reparative abilities, when you look at the abuse of sugar, tobacco, alcohol, it begins to manifest very early in the oral cavity. So if we pay keen attention as part of general health and look at oral health, then we will be able to see the continuum of diseases and having a holistic perspective that aligns that Grace speak to, then we will begin to treat the whole person. This is a sustainability to which we want to refer. We were walking to the building just before recording yes. the podcast and you were sharing a lovely story with me about biology yes. and referring back yes. to biology. Yes, simple biology, yeah. mitosis. Mitosis is all about repairing your body tissue and it's about growth. Our teeth don't have that reparative ability like the other organs like our livers, our lung, heart, etc. And therefore, when you think about sugar, there's nothing sweet about sugar and all the other things that goes on that causes, that leads to poor oral diseases. These are the same modifiable risk factors that will cause your, your diabetes, your cancers, your cardiovascular diseases, your low respiratory diseases. And the mouth, which is like the window to the body, is, is actually beginning to show what is going to take place. 3.5 billion people, can you imagine, suffer globally from the ravages of poor oral health. And most of these are in the developing countries. No wonder we see the association yes. between oral diseases and other non-communicable diseases. So we are promoting a better workflow. Eh? We're telling our medical doctors, our nurses, or other persons to look and ask about oral diseases. Refer to the dentists. Likewise, dentists to ask about general health and other conditions. So collectively as we work and in gloves, we will be able to bring better care, not only just to the individual, but to our communities. Final words. Grace, we'll, we'll come to you as we wrap up the podcast for today. What would you like to leave us with? Remember to engage, keep people central in this process. And for governments, we need investment. We need those 50% of governments who haven't yet put their budget behind their aspirations to do so. Irving gave a, a thumbs up when you said that as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> sure, it's some, that's a topic for another podcast as, as well. <laughs> Manu, to you, final word, please. Well, I always end my presentations with a quote from the book Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. It says that if we don't create the future, the present extends itself. So I think we should be the generation who should create the future rather than extending the status quo or what has been going on for the past four or five decades, providing concrete answers and moving towards achieving oral health for all. Well said, indeed. Dr. Irving McKenzie? I just endorse everything that my colleague said. The time for change is now, and we must be the change and lead the change. The time for change is now. And we must lead the change. 
Dr. Irving McKenzie, Chief Dental Officer in Jamaica. Dr. Grace Dubois, Senior Policy and Advocacy Manager with the Non-Communicable Diseases Alliance, NCDA. And Professor Manamatur, Professor of Dental Public Health at Queen Mary University of London and Head of Health Policy at Public Health Foundation of India. Thank you so much, the three of you, for taking a moment to join us on the sidelines of this roundtable. All the best with the resulting white paper and another momentous year ahead for oral health care with the 76th World Health Assembly in Geneva between the 21st and 30th of May, the United Nations high-level meeting on universal health coverage in September, Grace, that you've spoken about, and of course, the World Dental Congress in Sydney, 24 to 27th of September. I'm Tony Johnston, broadcast journalist, and I look forward to catching up on next month's edition of The Dental Checkup. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Dental Checkup Podcast, proudly brought to you by FDI, World Dental Federation.